Welcome to Slow and Steady, the podcast where you get to follow along as we figure out how to build and run a SaaS. I'm Benedict. And I'm Brian. Each week, we'll give you an honest peek into our lives as we work on our products and keep the lights on with consulting. Today is January 22nd, and I am feeling conflicted. This is episode number 25, and I'm feeling organized. Good for you, man. Get your getting your stuff happening. Yeah, like, like after our recording last week, a lot of unexpected stuff, ha- stuff happened, and uh, suddenly my to-do list was swamped with work. <laughs> but I think we figured it out by today. Like, uh, we had to, had to do a bunch of paperwork related to... Um, Claire's uh, vesting, like mm-hmm. the ending of her vesting period. So we had to yeah. finalize that stuff. And then I had some problems with, with one of my um, customers with Stage. Um, that threw me a little bit off the track and like a lot of small stuff, but it feels like everything's resolved now. And uh, I earlier today, I just uh, went into my calendar and blocked the next two days for everything. So no one's allowed to... Get you any calls in there nice. just to be able to <laughs> get some work on the code done. <laughs> just get, yeah, just get into it. Nice. Yeah. Very good. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm feeling conflicted. Uh, I couldn't, I couldn't think of the right word to write down because I don't even know that conflict is entirely it. So much is just like, I, I'm, I'm feeling impatient, but I know that I need to tell myself to be patient. Um, today is just one of those to, I can just feel it and I should probably just go to the gym when we get done recording or just change my <laughs> mindset completely. Cause today it feels like one of those days where I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? Why am I doing <laughs> this to myself? When I just go work at one of these great remote, you know, companies that I'm reading about and researching and just give myself a break for a while. Cause I'm just feeling, I'm just feeling deflated, but or impatient. Yeah. And, I, and I know I shouldn't be like, it's part of the grind, but yeah, that's how I'm feeling right now, man. You've been putting a lot of good stuff uh, over the past week, the, like your remote worker resources. Mm-hmm. Really, really cool. Cool. I, thanks. I yeah. browsed through it a couple of times already, and the, the new addition you you added today uh, about like the employee handbooks, handbooks and stuff like that. Yep, I started reading through a couple of those, just yeah. like browsing and taking some inspiration. Cool. We, we don't have any employees yet, but I eventually d- these will be useful. Yeah, yeah. No, that's I th- and that's why I, that is why I feel conflicted about it. Is like. Um, it feels like this is kind of started, it's starting to, or at least pieces of it are coming together. Things are, uh, conversations that I have now with, with, uh, potential customers or with people. It just feels like I, I have internalized a whole bunch of resources and, and, and a lot of my own thinking and things. And so it's, it feels like it's coming together and it feels cohesive internally, um, and so I know I should just be patient and just be <laughs> fine. <laughs> but the part that is not coming together is click. Okay, here is where you're going to create a sustainable business out of this now. Does that make sense? Like, Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. 
on the on the thinking and content side, like that's fun and that's cool. Product side still feels really unknown, but yeah. But ex- then again, I mean, if you do, if you take the time and like build a little bit more of an audience around this topic, maybe yeah. there will be some more insight and like maybe you find this one pain point that that's worth building a product around or whatever. Right. So I think it's a worthwhile investment. And like the stuff's really yes. good. Like I was like, this is like the perfect like content marketing <laughs> approach you're doing there. Like it's, it's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I guess I, I wish I would have struck upon this interest. Like, Oh, this is what I want to research and this is what I want to work on sooner. Cause I, I, I am starting to wonder if like, ah, oh man, have I, am I running out of gas? Like right when I need a little bit more of a push and I need, and I need a rest, I need a break. Um, or no, 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 just hang in there just a little bit further and, and you'll get, uh, you'll get a second wind, but mm, yeah. I don't know if that makes any Do you sense feel like or not. There's too much on your plate these days or where does the feeling of you need a break come from? I I think um, if, uh, the feeling of needing a break from uncertainty of where next month's income is going to come from, you know, like uh, just been having been consulting for a couple of years now and like f- having never completely cracked the code of leads leads come in over about three or four months that eventually turns into a project. So it's all, it's all good and, 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 uh, predictable to a degree. Um, I, I've never, I've just still never solved that with consulting. And so I think being able, trying to focus on working on headlamp and pulling these resources together and sharing it and people being like, okay, this is really cool. Great. Nice. Um, while also not having a section of my brain that's like, well, where are your clients? Do you have enough clients? Where, what's February look like? What's March look like? Um, <laughs> uh, that is what I need a break from. Mm, yeah, um, okay. I, understand. I just need, need a break from that. So right now it's your full-time uh, headlamp week or weeks? Yes. Yeah, so correct? last, okay. last yeah, week and this week, you know, for the most part, just it, it does, it, it feels like, uh, I, I am <laughs> feeling conflicted because I'm telling myself, just keep doing what you're doing. It's, it's coming together on the one hand and don't, don't give up now. But yeah. Yeah. Do you already have like a new consulting gig lined up right after this or I, are you basically yeah, on got, the hunt as well right now? No, I've got, I've got one, you know, client that's, that's really steady that I had basically kind of just put on pause for a little bit. Um, so that will, that will spin back up. Uh, but I, I need to add a project, um, you know, for, for February and March. Um, yeah. So, you know. so I guess that's where most of the anxiety comes from, right? Yes. <laughs> Just yeah. having the uncertainty there. Yeah. Yes, for sure. So anyway, yeah. what, what about you, man? What else have, what else have you been up to? How'd that NPM stuff turn out for you? Yeah, uh, that uh, I was able to figure that out uh, last week. Um, turns out, um, I'm just like 
I mostly work with Ember.js these days and the Ember ecosystem is like its own ecosystem inside the JavaScript ecosystem. Okay. And stuff that works there doesn't necessarily work the same way outside of it and that I had to learn this the hard way. But uh, one of our listeners, uh, Will King, reached out and offered offered help uh, with this. I had it figured out by then, but it was a really nice surprise that people offered help. So thanks, Will. Nice. Uh, much appreciated. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. So I, uh, uh, Michael Coper reached out to me after last week and was like, stop whatever you're doing and just move <laughs> the site to Netlify. Trust me. Uh, he's like, let's get on a zoom call and I'll, I'll show you how I've got it set up. And, uh, and so the, the specific problem I was dealing with last week, I actually had did, I did manage to get it solved, um, after we recorded, um, but I did, I still took uh, Michael's advice and moved the site over to Netlify and it is amazing. It's so easy. Oh yeah. It's great. So it's, it, it's super cool. Like I'm a huge fan and yeah, I think except for the userless website, which is still on, on WordPress, I think by now I've moved over everything. Mm-hmm. That's not on stage, sure. Like that's that's its own CMS, but uh, yeah, everything yeah. else <laughs> is on Netlify. And I hope we get we get a useless website on Netlify eventually. <laughs> right. So I moved I moved Headlamp over, but BrianRay.com is still on DigitalOcean, and so mm-hmm. I definitely want to get that moved over. You can because it it allows you to do A/B testings by A/B testing by branch, and so the, yeah, yeah. The crummy thing about A/B testing is like the blink, you know, when it re-renders copy or like shifts things or things around. To be able to do an A/B test by branch, it's amazing. So, yeah, like they they have so many cool features that I didn't even think about like before seeing what Netlify supports. Like it's a uh, like even um, like we use uh, we use Netlify for the for the user list. Uh, backend or the user interface that our customers get to use and they also like they, they deploy preview branches for pull requests and stuff like that so whenever we roll out yeah. a big feature then i can already share the Just... link to the new <laughs> ui without having it rolled out or behind the feature flag like it's yeah it's just insane how simple it is and so simple. getting it set up is like is also super great just connect the git repo and be done with it more yeah. or less yeah no it's a total total when and a godsend for me like the devops side of things i just want to stay as far yeah. away from it as i can and it's pretty much what netlify does hey so yeah, this uh, episode is not sponsored by the way no, yeah. <laughs> um what what else you got something about so your support channels unifying your support channels yeah like one thing i did today is um i decided to stop doing customer support outside of our customer support tool. Like, Which, what tool do you use? Uh, we use Help Scout. Okay. Basically, it's just a shared team inbox, like a shared email inbox. Okay. And we set that up. I think it was like the first thing we set up because we wanted to have like an email address that all three of us can read and manage and reply to and stuff like that without sharing the same uh, Gmail UI or something like that because that, because that gets weird. But uh, like we do all customer support via that tool. Okay. Except for when friends 
um, or people <laughs> that are in touch with me reach out on Twitter DMs or in Slack, Slack or yeah. whatever. Yes. And it's not like that I don't like helping them via that channel, but like it's basically isolated and hidden from everyone else. So the only thing I can tell is like I did customer support for this guy today and yeah. There's no proof. Like, There's no visibility like that, and it's not that they don't that they don't believe me that I do this, but like even in a couple of weeks when you're basically looking at, hey, did someone request this feature lately? What did I write? Like what's the exact wording they used? Yep. Um that stuff is gone. Like it's not not in our um, shared inbox anymore and mm -hmm. there's no way to f retrieve it or whatever. So I decided it's time to stop doing that. And yeah, I mean, the chat nature of Slack and Twitter DMs is kind of nice sometimes. But for the sake of visibility, let's just do stuff like this via email yeah. from, now, from now on. So if, when you're, you're just making it a point now when you get that sort of request to direct your friend over to the official channel yeah that's what i'm going to start doing I, I wrote a couple of people already telling them hey please in the future mm -hmm. uh, do it via email and um when something new comes in i probably ask people to just like send a short email elsewhere yeah cool what else yeah. um Oh yeah, I started planning FemtoConf 2020. Um, that's going to happen. It was it was a little bit uncertain. There was some uncertainty if there would be a new edition. Like I totally wanted to do one, but like given how much stuff's going on at all the times, it's kind of yeah. I don't know mm -hmm. if I have the time. But this week I decided, hey, let's go for it. Let's finally go for it. Set a date uh, and start uh, reaching out to the hotel and start getting the ball rolling i've got a longish to-do list with i don't know how many items 50 um yeah maybe a little less but like a lot of to-do items that i yeah. you know start walking through um and it looks like may when things go well maybe i'll be able to announce a date um next week but that depends a lot on how the negotiation, negotiations with the hotel go and stuff like okay. that. So good luck. Yeah, that would be. So can you? So where is it going to be? It's still going to be in Darmstadt. Okay, local cool. to me. Yes. Um, yep. I thought about moving it elsewhere, mm -hmm. but like the overhead added because of that, like just unfamiliar place. Uh, yeah. Right. Me having right. to travel on top on top of that, like all that stuff was okay. like, ah, no, no. I know it's kind of boring to have this conference in the same location for the fourth year in a row, but in the end, the location is probably not that important. So, yeah, yeah. cool. Well, good luck. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, thank you. I, I don't think I, I don't think this will be the year, but maybe one of these years, I'd like to get over to uh, to Darmstadt and yeah, that would be nice. Um, check out your stomping grounds. Unrelated uh, uh, topic, I also booked my hotel rooms for MicroConf uh, in All the right. US, finally. And I, st I still have to book the flights, but I should probably do that next week or so. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. There's no, like, it will be expensive when I not decide not to come now. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I better go. You're, yeah. <laughs> you're pretty much 
locking yourself in now, huh? Yeah, definitely. Cool. Well, it'll be fun to record still, one of these in person. Oh, absolutely. You're still coming as well, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that will be fun. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Looking forward to it. Anything new with you? Uh, I guess so. My other my other updates. Um, the the remote work series on bright and early. Um, I think it's going well. Um, I've really enjoyed the conversations I've had. Um, and third one is actually publishing while we are recording this. Um, so that'll that'll be out uh, today. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm 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 loving just being to to some degree just being able to keep my head completely in like remote work uh challenges and struggles for companies like just staying in that headspace for an extended period so that's been that's been really nice uh i i ended up i had a a good what what turned into a customer interview yesterday just somebody in my network um that we had caught up in a little while uh he runs product for a startup here in boulder and um you know, just he was asking what I was up to. I was asking what he was up to when we started talking about remote work, and th- I mean, it it turned into a mom test interview. Um, <laughs> like what was just supposed to be coffee and catching up was immediately just like, oh, okay, because they they've got all the classic problems around communication and misalignment of manager expectations with team member expectations, and they have folks in different countries and. Um, so it was, it was really, it was good to, it was good to chat with him, uh, about that. Um, and just, you know, talking through like the, the spectrum of, of offerings from high touch training and workshop consulting type of engagement to productized service to, you know, $49 a month application that you can, you know, one click install and manages your, you know, <laughs> um, uh, all those yeah, problems for you. Everything for you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, t- talking through, talking through those things. So, um, it was good to, you know, he is, he, he's been doing this for a while. Um, and so it was kind of helpful to hear some of his objections to, uh, just like the whole training and workshop, you know, side of things, whereas like, yeah, we've, we've done that so many times, specifically around agile, you know, he's like, we'll bring in agile consultants and, you know, they show up for a day and a half and drop all of this information, which is good. Like I'm not, he's, he's saying, I'm not disagreeing with the advice, but then they leave and we all just go back to work and mm. habits kick back in routines, kick back in. Like there yeah. are reasons, you know, why things, why, why they work the way that they do. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it was just, it was so good to think through that piece of it. Of you know, you, you bring somebody in um, to kind of point you in the right direction and point out some areas of improvement, but if there's not something in place that is continuing to offer some scaffolding and some redirection, you know, when when things try to push back to the way that they were, you know, it's gonna it's gonna fail. So, still still processing all of that. Um, and, uh, yeah, but it was, it was a really, it was a great conversation validated, you know, uh, once again, just validated a lot of the same problems validated that they, mm. um, you know, they, they do, they spend money to, to solve, to, to bring in, um, you know, either a 
well, yeah, what's the right way to put this? I mean, they, they, they spend, they spend money on trying to solve the problems to make their workforce more effective and more efficient. Yeah. So whether or not that's one level of abstract too wide from what I'm trying to do with headlamp, which is make your remote team function more effectively and efficiently. Um, still processing, still thinking on that, but yeah, it was good. It was a good conversation. Do you think there's room for a consulting offering that's like maybe a longer term thing with like monthly check-ins yes. or yeah. weekly check-ins? Because as you said, like yeah. I, I experienced this firsthand with like especially agile consultants and stuff. Like I think just having one show up talk about it for a day and then leave that that doesn't right. work like right. at all right um but i remember doing this with a with a friend who who i brought into a company that i was consulting for as an uh, agile consultant and he was there for like at least a year on on site with them for several days a week and just like helping them to figure this out i think that ultimately did work quite well but Like it's it's usually important when the challenges, like when there are challenges or problems arising, that you have someone there who's able to mm -hmm. help you figure these out and point you in the right direction. So maybe maybe an offering where you can be like the remote work consultant that's also remote, yeah, but checks in like with you once a week. Yeah, that might that, be interesting. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that was one. That was definitely one note that I jotted down was you know, high touch, you know, onboarding, so to speak, like training onboarding with them on best practices and here's what we need to fix, here's what we need to improve. And then ongoing retainer, you know, even at a small, a small rate. Um, yeah. Or a lower rate just to, you know, stay in, stay in touch on that. Um, so. That we'll might work, but I'm not sure. Like it sounds good from, me as a provider perspective but how's the how's the demand for that that's yeah, a big yeah. question i right. don't know yeah well yeah. I, and i'm just like uh yeah i don't i i it feels like for that to be really uh for it to be effective that would need to be like many 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 months long type of engagement and i don't not entirely sure that i want to sign up for that right now And plus, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's, yeah, uh, there's just all, uh, lots, lots of issues, lots of problems with that, um, or yeah, challenges with it, but who knows? Yeah. And you probably need multiple engagements like this in parallel and then suddenly yes. it's a full-time yeah. job and you don't get to do anything else. <laughs> right right I, I, I at least i say this now if it happened i might end up kicking myself but um i i would at least trade you know full-time product and development consulting for full-time remote work consulting um i would at least make that trade <laughs> yeah I, i guess that makes sense for a while but yeah at least Right now, it doesn't sound like that's the ultimate goal for you. No, like, it's not. sounds like you yeah. still want to build product and yeah. uh, build your own product. And yeah. 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 It just, it, I think it comes back a little bit to what we were talking about last week of, oh, hey, is there, is there a bridge? Like, is there a way that mm -hmm. I can bridge 
product and, and development consulting across to uh, remote work oriented consulting, which allows me to get paid to do <laughs> product research yeah. for Headlamp. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right now, I don't get paid to do product research for Headlamp, and that's a problem. I mean, one way to do this would be like transition over to doing that remote work consulting thing and just charge a lot more like <laughs> instead of like using the same rate double it or or whatever and mm -hmm. like try to carve out some more free time f that way mm -hmm. but i don't know does that work with the i mean maybe it does like we as we discussed last week the the companies interested in this are probably the bigger ones so mm -hmm. they'd be more comfortable spending more money on a consultant for this than maybe your current clients are for um uh, are willing to spend on development work right right maybe so i should yeah i should test this i really should um, i mean if you can pull off like charging the double the price and only work half the time that solves your problem <laughs> <laughs> it's nice work if you can get it <laughs> but yeah <laughs> yes yeah okay well um yeah those are those are my updates um any any updates that of yours that we didn't cover uh no i think that's okay. that's about it from my side cool unless well, i was i jotted this late so i'm not sure if you saw it but um so an interesting there's an interesting conversation going on around transparency and bootstrap companies mm -hmm. right now yeah so i saw that maybe we can just take like 10 minutes to give sure. some thoughts on that but um of course you know transistor pulled their public numbers public revenue numbers handful of others and um and so tyler tringus of Ernest capital says i love 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 indie hackers but i'm constantly hearing founders complain about a flood of identical copycats sometimes cloning the landing page verbatim and other bull crap after getting featured there so is there anything that can be done um patio 11 says just ignore it five minutes of brain sweat on this is five <laughs> minutes too many. Um, I mean, you know, that, that, that's, that's pithy. That quotes. Well, it's also easy to say when you are well established and you're not some like scrappy bootstrapper who is suddenly looking around at multiple copycats, just ripping off your, you know, struggling yeah. like 8k a month, 8k MRR business. Um, so in principle, I, I agree with patio 11 to ignore often but i'm not so sure that it's so simple uh, uh to give that blanket advice in this case i'm just curious what, what are your thoughts on pros and cons of transparency we're being largely transparent here what are your thoughts yeah um i think transparency still is kind of a good thing um because it helps everyone learn and get some outside perspective on things or like learn from other, other other people's experiences but i think like just like having like all your revenue numbers out there just by itself probably isn't that helpful it's all there, there's there's always more to it like and especially like if you like revenue by itself also isn't a good indicator about like about the business like you might make a have a like high revenue but like no profit at all right. and Nobody, what's the point of that yeah people aren't I mean, publishing their profit margins on bare metrics yeah exactly and that i think that's the part where it gets interesting and it's 
like it's always easy for someone outside of it to assume that you see the the high revenue numbers and like yeah they must be like bathing in money every day and uh everything's going well for them and see it increased whatever but you don't see the stuff that happens to like either make that possible or even the expenses you have to to cover to to make this work and uh, maybe even the amount of work people put in to to get these numbers and i think that's also one of the things that like caused the, the, the amount of copycats because I guess a lot of times the revenue numbers look nice and the product idea by itself looks or sounds easy enough to build. And sure, you build a copycat. I can do this in, in a week or so. But And I think that's what, what Patio11 is, um, is also thinking about uh, with his comment there is that there's so much more to just like these two parts, um, like just building it doesn't cut it. And um, yeah, you... You, you forget so many other things that that play into this mm -hmm. yeah a lot of I, lots of rambling did, did any of it make sense <laughs> no, no. yeah it makes it makes sense um i i guess i i also think just on the the revenue side publishing those numbers what for for a while maybe what was helpful about that was seeing how how long people struggle before it really like gets traction and takes off that's really helpful. Um, but yeah, the, 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 the lack of the, the absence of context of, of profit margin or how, you know, how long were you working on the thing, building up the audience before even getting to, uh, even to that point. I remember, so I, at one of the first, uh, what interview was it? I don't know, somewhere around like nine or 10 or whatever, but, um, interviewed Laura, Laura Roder from meet Edgar on bright and early and, um, if you had seen just the, if you had just seen the bare metrics numbers for meet Edgar, it would, it would go from like zero to a hundred K in 12 months. And you're just like, what an incredible success story. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, it's because meet Edgar was a consulting service before it was a product and they were pumping a ton of, they, I mean, and she shared, she shared all this, um, like they're they're pumping in a ton of advertising money to to drive that that revenue, um, yeah. And of course, like it worked; it was part of the strategy. Like, but if you had not had the whole story, and they had just put those numbers out there, then it would it would I might have actually been, you know, negative for people to look at it without context and be like, oh, what am I doing wrong? Um, but no, there's this whole other whole other piece about it. So yeah, I think it's really I think it is really helpful for people to share the struggles like in the moment. And how you overcome them uh, creates a sense, I think, of like I'm not in this alone, community, etc. But yeah. I I do think that we'll I expect we'll see a lot more people start taking down their public revenue numbers over the next year or two. Yeah, the shine I think is definitely worn off there. And this is also something we discussed with with the user of this team. Uh, should we do this like and share our revenue numbers? And we eventually decided. It doesn't make sense, like sharing them out of context. And right. a couple of weeks ago, mm -hmm. I, I sent out a couple of tweets that included revenue numbers, but it was like to illustrate a, a certain point and a certain idea. Yes, and um, had some context around them, and uh, it wasn't just like our bare metrics dashboard with 
everything in there without any any comment or Important anything. Context, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I was just curious. I was curious what you thought. Uh any of y'all listening, what's your what is your take? Are you sharing your numbers publicly? Do you have any thoughts on the pros and cons there? Love to hear. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Well, okay. I guess this wraps it up for this episode. Okay. Show notes at slowandsteadypodcast.com. Yeah, and follow us on Twitter, slowsteadypod. See you next week. Later. Bye.